Welcome to the Little Man Big Mouth Podcast with me, Jonah. I'm a kid who loves sports. I can talk about sports every day, all day. Think you can handle that? Then stick around for today's show. My guest today is Ken Kavanaugh. He's the athletic director at Florida Gulf Coast University. Before we get into the news, I just came back from an awesome trip. I went to Austin, Texas for the week. It was so cool. I went to an MLS game. It was the Houston Dynamo versus Austin FC. The stadium for Austin FC was new and looked amazing. Whenever Austin FC scored a goal, the stadium lit up green. The stadium vibe was in fuego. The fans were hyped, their drums beating every single second of the, of the game. It was crazy. Austin FC won 3-2. to two. Gabriel and I also went to the University of Texas and got to go into the Hall of Fame. It was cool. They had all the trophies won by every Texas team and individual from all of the sports. We saw the 2021 Big 12 Basketball Tournament Trophy, Rookie Williams and Earl Campbell's Heisman Trophies, the 2006 BCS Trophy, and even Olympic medals won by former Texas athletes. Enough about my vacation. Now, here's some news. Our first category, Messi said adios to Barcelona. Lionel Messi left FC Barcelona and is now on PSG. This is huge because Paris Saint-Germain already had Neymar and Mbappe, two of the best strikers in the world. Now they just added the GOAT of soccer to their team. Paris Saint-Germain is going to crush their opponent this year. Next in the news, preseason has started in the NFL. There are so many questions that will be answered during this year's preseason. Will Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke get the starting QB role for the Broncos? Will Cam Newton keep his job? Or or will the rookie out of Alabama, Mac Jones, take the starting position for the Patriots? How will will other rookie quarterbacks, including Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and Trevor Lawrence, do at the professional level? And can Urban Myers last a whole season as an NFL coach? And last in the news, the more things change, the more they stay the same. The season has not even started, and Carson Wentz is already injured. For all those who thought this year would be different, you're wrong. Even though, even when he is not on the Eagles, Wentz still finds a way to get injured. Now, the second-year quarterback Jacob Eason and quarterback and and rookie quarterback Sam Ellinger from Texas have to battle it out to see who will get the starting job for the. Reporters say the Carson Wentz will be back week 7 or 8. Strange news alert. 
Looking to spend money on a single piece of 40-year-old cake from someone else's wedding? Well, what if that wedding cake was the royal cake from the wedding of Prince Charles and Lady Diana Spencer? Well, you're in luck. A sliver of history is a, is up for grabs. Courtesy of D- Dominique Winter action, Auctioneers, the large slice of cake, the large slice of cake, Icing and marzipan base is from one of the whopping 23 official cakes made for the iconic July 1981 wedding. It ended up in the possession of Myra Smith, an employee of the Queen Mother, and and was originally sold to the auction house in 2008 on behalf of Smith's family. It's been sitting in a plastic wrap cake tin ever since. I don't know how much this will go for, but someone will get to buy their cake and eat it too. This auction will be a cakewalk. Our next segment is Unscripted. Some shows have a mystery crate or a fancy producer to give them content. Me, I have a lucky Patriots hat. I'm going to draw out some news and opinions from the week and give you my unscripted reaction. These are not just hot takes. They are in fuego! Number one, will Tim Tebow last a full season at tight end? Dude is the worst tight end ever. In the preseason, he has already proven that he cannot block. I will be the first one to say Tim Tebow couldn't block a kindergartner from getting to a snack table. Question number two. The NFL announced that if too many players have COVID, games will be forfeited. Will you? Will we see a COVID forfeit this year? I hope not, but with so many NFL players refusing the vaccine, the answer is probably yes. And question number three. What was the best new sport at the Olympics? Rock climbing. They went up a wall in under seven seconds. Next time, the event should be sponsored by Moho as part of the Spider-Man series. And last but not least, Will Messi ever play in the MLS? Yes, 100% yes. After two years, when the World Cup is over and Messi is done with Neymar's ego, he will take a plane to Miami. He's going to Miami. Yes, he's going to Miami. Time to cash in. Miami has the money, weather, and the good life. And that does it, folks, for my unscripted reaction. Jonah, you left something out. When he gets to South Florida, Messi is going to drive across Alligator Alley and go to Brooks Burgers. Well, of course he will. Brooks Burgers, one of the top 10 burger places in the USA. Brooks has been voted the number one burger in Florida. My favorite is the donut burger. It is absolutely amazing. A sweet donut serves as a bun making it an unforgettable experience. I love Todd's Way, created by owner Todd Brooks. 
This burger is heavenly. Made with a fried egg. You will never forget your first bite. Visit Brooks Grill and Tavern or Brooks Burgers to sample these amazing delights. You can even add a Korean barbecue cauliflower to make the meal complete. Support the business that supports us and make this podcast possible. Visit one of their four locations in Southwest Florida and tell them that the little man with the big mouth sent you. Our next segment is Stick By Your Picks, brought to you by Brooks Burgers. For those new to the show, Gamer and I dissect the NFL schedule one week at a time. We pick our winners for five games each week. These are ironclad picks. That's right, we are very confident we will not change our minds or picks no matter what happens between now and the game. Our lawyers have asked us to let you know that you should not bet your house in our picks. This is for entertainment purposes only. Now, announcer, what is the first game? Fitzmagic shows us some coin tricks against Danny Dimes. The football team is favored by three. Chase Young and the defensive line of the football team will crush Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes will stand no chance against the unnamed football team. I agree with you. I think Fitzmagic will lead the football team past a bad New York defense. Announcer, what is the next game? The New England Patriots visit the New York Jets. The Patriots are favored by three and a half on the road. I believe Zach Wilson will walk all over New England in a blowout win as the Patriots don't even have a quarterback. They just have mac and cheese. I strongly disagree with you. The Patriots defense hold up the rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson. It will not be pretty, but it will still be a win for the Patriots. Announcer, what is the next game? The Denver Broncos go out to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The early line has the Broncos favored by two and a half. The de- the Broncos will prance all over a broken Jaguars team, and their defense will keep the Jags scoreless. Urban Myers will consider going back to college. I disagree with you. Trevor Lawrence will pounce all over the Broncos and get his first career win against a team who does not even know who the starting quarterback is. The Broncos are doomed. Announcer, what is the next game? A knockdown dragout fight as the Baltimore Ravens host the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are one point favorites on the road. Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill will destroy the Ravens as Lamar Jackson will have less than 100 yards rushing this game. I agree with you. No one can stop Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Certainly not the Baltimore Ravens. An announcer, what is the last game? The Green Bay Packers host the Detroit Lions. Green Bay are eight-point favorites because it's the Lions. Announcer, I am going against the odds as the Lions, with their new quarterback, Jared Goff, will beat Aaron Rodgers' Packers. The Lions will shock the world. 
the category is football. Four thousand. This Jeopardy host beat the Lions so badly in week two, their coach Dan Campbell will bite his players' kneecaps. Who is Aaron Rodgers? I guess, Gable, we are not seeing eye to eye, but we will see who wins on the field. And that does it, folks, who are out for Stick By Your Picks. Now, for my amazing interview. My guest today is Ken Kavanaugh. He is the Director of, of Athletics at Florida Gulf Coast University, a.k.a. Dunk City. Ken has been there for 12 years. Hi, Ken. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, thank you. So, to jump in, what does that mean to be the Director of Athletics? Wow, it's, uh, you know, a little bit of everything on a given day. You kind of have to be a chameleon. You're in a situation where, you know, you're certainly doing administrative work. It may be paperwork for, um, you know, uh, a lot of different things. Uh, you're also working as a fundraiser most days, uh, developing relationships or trying to find resources to build your program. Uh, you're trying to mentor people uh, and you're also a, a part cheerleader. So uh, depending on a given day, we may have a home game or we may be interviewing somebody for a job or we may be talking to a donor about them hopefully helping us out um, or just maybe working with uh, staff or student athletes on you know upcoming plans, which is what we're doing right now as we have our fall teams are back on campus and uh, we're in a position where we actually have in a short period of time, the president will be speaking to uh, most of us here in our arena for a welcome back uh, reception. So it, it will vary from day to day. Uh, there's certain things that are consistent. I'll have uh, during the course of each week, I'll meet with our executive staff uh, for about an hour to, to catch up on things. And other times so the phone will ring or somebody will knock on the door and you just uh, deal with it as it comes. Okay. Does it depend on the days, like Monday you do this, or is it random, like anything can happen? It's a combination. So uh, I have, like, I'll have certain regular meetings with people that are direct reports to me uh, for about a half an hour, uh, five or six of those people during the course of the week. As I mentioned, uh, we refer to that group as our executive committee. We have a standing Wednesday meeting that we'll meet. Uh, during COVID times now, there had been a lot of uh, Zoom type of dis uh, discussions like you and I are doing right now. Uh, we do that with our conference. Uh, we used to just meet every uh, so often in person. Now, because of constant changes with uh, safety protocol and so forth. We have a standing 10 o'clock on a Wednesday call with all the athletic directors and um, the uh, senior women's administrators with our commissioner, and it will do that. But, uh, you know, it will vary. And sometimes I'll meet with people monthly. I meet with our all our coaches on a monthly basis during the school year, our student athlete leaders on a monthly basis. So it, it's a combination of those things. You met with coaches. Do you meet with players also? Yeah, I will meet with uh, each of the teams I meet with uh, without the coaches there uh, once a semester just to catch up on how are things going so that they can speak freely to me. I'll ask them all different things that affect them. How are they doing with, you know, practices and uh, maybe it's stuff related to academics or team travel um, issues related to the facility, so on and so forth. Um, and I do that with every team at least once a semester. Um, my door is always open for student athletes. I had a young man step in today and, 
and asked me something this morning. He had a question about some of our COVID um, uh, regulations. And then uh, I meet with our leaders of our student athletes are called um, our Eagles Council. And it's a student athlete advisory committee. And we meet once a month with them, uh, usually on a Sunday night, which is easier with them. So uh, we can find a time where nobody's playing or practicing. Uh, we meet for about an hour, an hour and a half with that. So communication is the key to almost any good relationship. And for us, we try to communicate as much as possible without uh, over-communicating. Sounds like you're very busy. Did you play any sports when you were a kid? Yeah, I did. My dad was a coach uh, for a summer baseball team that uh, I was a bad boy. And then I eventually played for his team years later. So I was fortunate. I played baseball, basketball, and uh, football uh, as I grew up. And then when I went to college, uh, I had an opportunity to possibly play at a Division three school, but uh, it wasn't the best overall fit for what I wanted to do for my long-term career. So uh, I didn't pursue that. And I went to Boston College and uh, did not play on any teams. I just did intramurals like a lot of great uh, opportunities are for students that go to college and, uh, and had an enjoyable experience here. But I still look back to those days when I played as a uh, young person as the real genesis as to why I wanted to get into athletics as a career. Did you have a favorite? Um, no, they, it, I would, it, like a lot of people in my generation, probably your dad's as well, um, you know, we just played a lot of sports. And now, unfortunately, I think uh, too many people are being told they have to concentrate on one sport too early. Um, I totally disagree with that. I think a lot of my friends that are coaches uh, agree that they would prefer to have athletes that um, have played more than one sport. One, I think it's good for them to stay fresh. Two, uh, you don't have overuse syndromes. You're not using your same muscles for one sport over and over again. You're, you're rotating that. And I've successfully seen some of my best uh, friends that I grew up with um, play multiple sports and make it to the professional level. Uh, Steve Young, who was a Hall of Fame quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, happened to be from my hometown and was a great uh, football player, obviously. But when he was younger, he was actually probably a better baseball player and probably could have played professional baseball and also played basketball. And another friend of mine won a World Series with the, uh, the New York Mets, and he ran cross country and played basketball. So um, I, I think, you know, whatever you're doing, you want to always enjoy it. Uh, and I hope that more people uh, would still allow their kids to play more sports rather than less uh, at the younger ages. So who's your favorite player right now? Wow, player, which sport? Uh, football and basketball. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't follow the pro sports as much as I used to because um, we're so busy with athletics. Um, you know, I, I'm a longtime New York Yankee fan, not as happy with the the Field of Dreams outcome last night, uh, but I do root very much so for uh, Chris Sale because Chris is, uh, a, we're very proud that Chris is a former FGCU Eagle. So I root for the Red Sox once every five days when Chris pitches starting tomorrow night. Uh, and after that, uh, I hope that uh, the Yankees take care of business and the Red Sox don't. But uh, I root more for teams and I certainly root for all our FGCU Eagles. We just had an Olympic swimmer, Petra Hama for Hungary. We just had a, uh, a young lady, Julia Rodar, who just won a silver medal, our first ever medal winner in the Olympics um, uh, in a position where uh, we're very proud of that. And we have a number of athletes competing. Uh, Brooke Youngquist-Sweat, who competed in the Olympics for the USA and beach volleyball is still participating. And a number of other athletes in basketball and baseball, soccer, uh, volleyball, and so forth that are competing. So I guess I hone more in on how they're doing and then I root for my favorite teams, uh, mainly from the New York area. 
So I am a Red Sox fan. So I'm happy that you cheer for them every five days. But <laughs> I was cheering for that White Sox. Well, I, I know that, but it, we, it was really also fun to see the Rays beat the Red Sox last night. Mm, no. So now let's go uh, into the more into the interview. What made you became a director of athletics? Can you go in more detail with that? Sure. Um, so when I was younger, I have an uncle who's my godfather who happened to be uh, played college baseball at Loyola, Maryland in Baltimore. And he then eventually, after he came back from Vietnam, he started a career where he was an assistant baseball coach, then the head baseball coach at his alma mater. And then he eventually became the athletic director there. And at one point he was the baseball coach and the athletic director. And he, he brought his baseball team up to Connecticut where we live uh, to play against some of the teams in the area. And, and I heard that he was doing this beyond just being a baseball coach. So at a very young age, I thought that would be pretty neat. I don't think I'm going to have enough skills to make enough money to be uh, a professional athlete. So I honed in at an early age thinking that I wanted to do that. When I got to college and I was at Boston College, I did a lot of volunteering uh, in a different, number of different ways. Uh, some I thankfully was given a few uh, paychecks for, but for the most part, I volunteered. And, and I was very blessed to get my first opportunity after graduating from Boston College at Yale University and right spot, right time. But it started at a young age and, uh, and I'm really glad that my uncle gave that thought process for me. So talking about more about sports, FGCU has been good at basketball for many years. Will the college ever get a football team? Uh, not that my hopes are. I think, you know, what they do down the road is certainly anything's always the determination of the board of trustees. And thankfully, the university has witnessed that we are doing really well without football. It's a very expensive sport to uh, to have. We did a survey about uh, 10 or 11 years ago. And at that time, the cost to start a program was over $100 million. And for those who aren't aware of FGCU, we have 800 acres on our campus but we're only allowed to use about 380 of them. And uh, as you can see over my shoulder, it's a, a beautiful facility um, and we're very proud of what we have, but uh, we're in a position where if we were to start football, um, we don't have enough land right now to find a place to kick field goals. So where would we find the space for an entire field, practice fields? And then we would have to probably double the size of our athletic department for gender equity purposes to meet Title IX and start three more women's teams to add to what we have right now. So our continued goal is to take the sports that we have, which we have 15, and in Division I, if you do not have football, your minimum numbers you need to sponsor are 14, and it would be seven men, seven women, or eight women's teams and six men. We actually have nine women uh, and six men, uh, and we stand what they refer to as proportional to our undergraduate student population of gender. And, uh, and that's where we wanna maintain ourselves. So we would prefer to just continue to get stronger in the sports that we've had. And we've had success across so many teams uh, that we wanna to continue to build that. And as much as we enjoy watching football, and I have a lot of friends that uh, coach it on both the college and professional level, um, it's not a fit that we believe, starting with the Board of Trustees and FGCU's best interests. Okay, but before you went to FGCU, you worked at Bradley University. What is the, the difference between the two schools? Well, I mean, there's some quick straight ones and it starts with, you know, being in the Midwest uh, versus being in the Southeast. Uh, FGCU is a state institution with 15,000 students. 
Bradley is a private institution of about 6,000, 5,000 undergrad uh, students of that six. Um, FTCU is in a league, the Eight Sun Conference, that can, is a growing area and a growing uh, group of schools um, that have had success in certain sports um, compared to the Missouri Valley Conference that I used to be in that's had success on a longer period of time. They're one of the oldest conferences in the country um, and in a position where um, they've had a lot of change. The only thing that's probably even between the two is both conferences due to course of recent years have had a lot of change in some membership. Um, but uh, the other thing is uh, I much more enjoy the weather here in the winter in uh, Southwest Florida than I do uh, being in a position where uh, I was in the Midwest. So they, uh, we have a lot of good friends there and uh, I've just been blessed. I had 13 years at Bradley and now I'm in my 13th year here at FGCU and uh, I'm just every day honored to be doing what I get to do. What is your favorite part about your job? My favorite part simply is working with young men and women to help them have a quality experience, both athletically and academically, uh, and to grow as young people in whatever fashion we can help them with uh, as they're here for hopefully the best four or five years of their lives as people refer to college as. So um, I very much enjoy the relationships that we build, uh, hopefully for life with not only um, our student athletes, but our staff members, some who are here for a shorter period of time than others. Uh, and then the other people that are so important to us in our community uh, are donor base that if it wasn't for them, uh, FGC wouldn't be where we are right now when our alumni are so young, relatively speaking, when you're only in your 25th year as a school, your average oldest alum is about 45 and your average alum is about 33. So that's not a, a, an area where normally people would give a lot of money because it's still early in their, their lives as adults. So we're so blessed that this community has taken us on and really supported us in terrific ways that uh, you know those relationships are part of the overall reason that I'm really excited every day when I get up to go to work. There's a lot of uh, commercials about how there's not a lot of uh, college students that go pro. What do sports give to those students who participate but don't go beyond the college level? Well, that no, what is it? 99% uh, don't go to go to the pros and make a lot of money. And Chris Sale certainly is a you know in that one percent. But we continue to remind everybody that you're always one day away from an injury, and uh, you know that could really derail you. But your education is something you can use for a lifetime. And uh, so we want them to continue to focus on their academics first and foremost, and equally uh, try to enjoy their opportunity to grow as a student athlete and have really good experiences so that uh, when it's all said and done, they can look back with some really good memories. And if they're so blessed to be amongst the few that could at least get an opportunity to try to play professionally, that would be uh, great. But uh, very few are going to have that scenario. Most people are going to go out into the real world like every other FGCU uh, graduate. And uh, we want people to continue to concentrate on that while they're here. So I play competitive golf. My brothers are both active swimmers. Would someone what should someone do who wants to play college sports? Well, first and foremost is take care of your academic responsibilities, because if you don't take care of your academics, you don't get a chance that you won't be eligible to play in college. So we always say do that because that will last you a lifetime where you're, you're like I said a few minutes earlier, um, you could get hurt at any time. And it's a very difficult road to get into college athletics. As you look at so many who play youth uh, sports compared to the few opportunities that are available at college. Uh, one, there's a lot more academic scholarships out there for people than there are athletic scholarships, but just even placement on a team uh, is difficult. So I think 
to continue to enjoy your sport, work hard, try to be the best you can be, and whatever you do um, is the same applicable aspect for a student athlete. And uh, if you happen to be uh, fortunate and get an opportunity to play uh, at the high school level from coming in uh, from the uh, elementary schools and then in turn can play in college or then go to the pros, that will be great. But I think the best thing to do is take care of your academics, work hard, listen to your coaches and mentors, um, and be in a position where you see how far it can take you. And if uh, you're in a position where your career ends, hopefully you'll have some really good memories with your friends. Yeah. Earlier you were talking about like conferences and FGCU's ASUN conference. Well, leaning over to the Big 12 and SEC, Texas and Oklahoma recently announced that they were going to the SEC. This started a chain of stories about conferences, adding teams and TV dollars. What do you think about major conferences realignment? Is that is it good for college? Well, I, it's hard for me to totally answer some of the questions for what those particular schools and those bigger conferences are going through. However, just as a member of the overall profession and a fan of intercollegiate athletics, I hope that we look at things on a we basis rather than a me basis. And, and, and that's, I think, how things are better for everyone. Uh, I think the average fan enjoys to see uh, upsets and opportunities for upsets. Um, I think the March Madness experience that we went through in 2013 or Loyola of Chicago or last year Oral Roberts is good for um, the brand of the March Madness. Now, more often than not, the, the biggest schools are making it to the final four. But I think to have that Hoosier story uh, in existence is good for everybody. Uh, and I think if you were in a position where that got eliminated, uh, it would be very disheartening for a lot of folks. So um, I hope that, you know, academics and uh, other elements of what college athletics are about um, take over and there's more decisions continued made in that regard than just as semi-pro sports. Uh, I hope that some of the leagues, the Big Ten and Pac-12 and others will continue to feel that they don't need to get bigger to get to be better. And they have certainly proven they're very successful athletically and academically and have really good uh, television packages, in particular the Big Ten, that they don't just have to follow suit and add other teams unless it really made sense. So I was disappointed from a fan standpoint that Oklahoma and Texas left the Big 12. Um, hard part in our sports world, too, is when the Big 12 has 10 teams and the Big 10 has 14 teams and all the rest of that. I don't know for intercollegiate athletics if we're really teaching good education. We can't add numbers right and have names of the league equal them. Yeah. It doesn't make sense why the big, like the big 10 has 14 and the big 12 has 10. There's so many awards uh, that someone can win as a player, but you won the 2018-2019 Under Armour AD of the Year. Tell us about that award and what that award means to you. Oh, it's a we award. You don't win any awards as a coach or an administrator um, or even as an individual without good teammates. And we're blessed. We have wonderful teammates that it's really a reflection on FGCU than it, it by any chance is me. I just happen to be the face on that particular award. But the element of if we didn't have great people doing great things all throughout the day and not just in our athletic department, but people across campus and our donors, who I mentioned earlier, uh, we wouldn't have the successes that we do. So it's just a, an opportunity to perhaps uh, give FGCU some notoriety uh, that shows that we collectively are doing things that others are recognizing. So do you have any funny, funny or exciting stories about working as a director of athletics? Well, uh, I'm sure I do, but at this hour, I can't think of any other than 
again, the, the overall piece of being in our profession, as I mentioned earlier, is the relationships. And uh, there's been so many heartwarming times in my career where I've seen young men and women who just by virtue of having a chance for a college athletic scholarship, have gotten an opportunity to better themselves and better their family situation from generation to generation uh, and have taken advantage of it. And in almost all those instances had nothing to do with them playing professionally. It had to do with their starting a teaching career or being a doctor or so many other professions that having that college degree allowed them uh, to make the next step forward. So uh, to see people uh, have scenarios where they've overcome injuries or overcome tough circumstances and use intercollegiate athletics uh, as that next springboard, that's the most heartwarming. Those are the most memorable stories that I have had and will hopefully continue to have. So one last question. After all of your involvement in athletics, if you could play any sport professionally today, what would that be? Oh, wow. You're going to get me in trouble with all the other teams when I answer this question. Uh, I'm My most enjoyable sport that I played growing up uh, and the one that I enjoy because it, you don't have to be the biggest and strongest is baseball. I think you see, you know, you look at uh, Jose Altuve, although I don't know what the Astros did with those cans, um, but you look at someone his size and there's a lot of uh, people, all different sizes and sh uh, shapes that make the all-star team or, or key players in baseball. Um, so I, I have, a, uh, a, I guess, a, um, a sweet spot for baseball. Uh, it's also a sport that doesn't have a time frame to it. You know, there's an, although they went through that a little bit with the changes last year with COVID, putting a runner on second and, and all the rest of that. But um, I, I have a tendency to lean toward the purity of baseball. And I, although I didn't like the final score last night, I thought the Field of Dreams game was, was wonderful. And uh, I hope that will continue. I think it, the overall message of what the Field of Dreams movie is about uh, is something that, that I feel in my heart. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ken. I really appreciate you being a guest today. As you may know, as part of as part of every interview, I ask my guests to take a short, rapid-fire quiz. I'll give you two options. You choose the best, the one that you like best. Are you ready? I'm ready. Go for it. Here we go. Marvel or DC? Wow, Marvel. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Star Wars or Star Trek? What was the two questions? Star, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. Being inside or outside? Outside. Car or motorcycle? Car. Chair or couch? Couch. Football or football? Football. Pool or beach? Pool. Netflix or Amazon Prime? Wow, my wife handles all that stuff. I don't know how to get on either one. So I'll say Netflix. Hot dog or hamburger? Hamburgers. And finally, my listeners really want to know, what is your highest score in bowling? My highest score in bowling? Wow. Uh, I want to say I got lucky one time and I got a 231. Wow, congrats. And that had to be by accident. I, I must have <laughs> rolled the ball in the wrong spots and it hit the right pins. But uh, the last question that you didn't get a chance to ask me was Yankees, Red Sox, and I'll say Yankees. Other than every fifth day when Chris Sale pitches. Would that be every fifth day that the Red Sox would beat the Yankees? <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. It's been so much fun talking to, with you. Well, Jonah, my pleasure. I look forward to meeting you in purpose. Wings up. God bless and go Eagles. Go Eagles.
Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Ken, for that amazing interview. I learned so much about college sports. Now, what would sports talk be without lists? Bupkis. So here is my list of the day. Top five, sports drinks. Number five, chocolate milk. Come on, it is not breakfast time and it is a bad idea in a hot weather. You are going to hell. Number four, water. It is refreshing, but it is just water. Number three, Powerade. It tastes good, but let's be honest. It is just a ripoff of Gatorade. Number two, Gatorade, the OG of sports drinks, but not my number one. How could I make a Florida Gator product number one? Go dogs! And for my number one sports drink, it is Body Armor. There are so many different flavors to choose from. It is amazing. All right, thanks for joining me for this edition of the Little Man Big Mouth Podcast. Check out our next episode when it drops. Until then, see ya! Follow us on Instagram at Little Man Big Mouth Show. You can find the Little Man Big Mouth podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Listen, rate, and subscribe to let others know how much you enjoy the show. This has been a Hefeweizen podcast production.